What's up, everybody? I'm Chris Barker, and this is the MassCom Troubleshooter, the podcast that seeks to aid those trying to get a nice footing in the industry as a whole and those going through school right now for a mass communications degree, just like I have and so many before me. We hope you enjoy our information granted to you each Saturday at 2 p.m. right here on this podcast. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the MassCom Troubleshooter Podcast right here on Anchor and Spotify. With me today is Toy Watson to talk about the mass communication industry as a whole and her experiences so far. She is a freshman non-traditional student, and what that means is, if I recall, a non-traditional student is someone who later came back for their degree after some time. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. So... What made you decide you wanted to come back to college and come back into the field and try and get a mass communications degree? Well, uh, Chris, so several things, but the the biggest thing is, um, I don't want to call it a bucket list, but just kind of looking at the different experiences experiences I had uh, in work, I look back and I'm like, you know, one thing I don't have is my degree. uh, And I looked at it as a challenge and just you know, just to come back and say, hey, I came back and I finished and I do have this. So that's fair enough. But why mass communications, though? I mean, coming back for your degree is an, is a commendable action as a whole. However, why mass communications? So I've always been drawn to uh, performing arts, entertainment, uh, TV, radio. And so um, my background is in performing arts and uh Before that, I had an interest in radio, and so it was kind of a no-brainer for me. You know, I can kind of go into something that still steers me somewhat in the same direction, uh, but I also learned some new things. And so I am not great at the technological side of things, and so Piedmont College is providing, and the Mass Communications uh, Program is providing me with the opportunity to learn, you know, audio and video and what goes into carrying the camera and turning it on and mixing uh sound so yes mixing sound is definitely a it's definitely an uh, an item that's used across many platforms uh in the mass comm industry like with video you got to make sure that your audio levels are up or else your video is just going to falter entirely as well as in the radio industry and even podcast making so you know I guess you're taking uh, Radio 1 this semester. You just had me record a piece for you, and that was over Disney and everything. I'm guessing y'all's current show for the week is going to be Disney music? Yes, it is. So our host uh, this week's show, our 12 o'clock variety show uh, on Friday, uh, is being hosted by Zoe Hunter, and her theme is Disney. And so I'm interviewing students on uh, their love or uh, their disdain, maybe, (laughs) for Disney. Yes, there's definitely a lot of various opinions on disney as a whole like there's some people who don't like disney just because all they ever do is musicals and they never really experience or not experience experiment with the formula any they don't change how they do things it's usually always the same basic stories told in different characters and formats and some people might disagree with that and just say well it's not just that they're taking old old um, fairy tales and transforming those into a modernization of their respective source materials. So 
getting back on track with the mass comm industry though it's definitely a tough field to kind of get a grip in especially when you're coming back after some odd years at you know without any experience in the field and everything and without when especially with a lack of experience with technology and everything and you know i don't mean to say i don't mean to be what is the word i'm looking for Ac accusative or anything or you know i don't mean any disrespect in the matter i'm just uh, i'm just trying to you know get your side on things because it's definitely got to be extremely tough just to come back and do something like this you're exactly right chris um and you're not being uh tough or disrespectful in any regard, uh, it's it's really tough. There's a lot of things to consider. One, one thing we didn't mention is I'm a mom of a three-year-old. And so I have the responsibility of being a parent and making sure that I'm taking care of my son. Uh, in addition, I don't have those technological skills. And so I'm coming back from them, but I also didn't grow up with the technology that a lot of you have. And so while I'm familiar with it, I don't use Snapchat. I don't use all of these different social media outlets. And so, um, you know, I'm not as privy or it takes me a little bit longer to get the gist of it, if you will. Uh, but definitely, definitely a challenge. There's a lot more things that go into it. Um, while traditional students, you may have sports and your clubs and things like that. Uh, I actually commute uh, over an hour each day. I'm here five days a week. Uh, I put my three-year-old in daycare while I'm at class. I pick him up. I go home. I uh, play with him, get him ready for bed. When he goes to sleep, I get up and do homework. And then, if I'm lucky, I sleep before I have to get up again. <laughs> so it's definitely a challenge. And it's definitely, it sounds like it's definitely rough for you having to do all those things while still maintaining your um, your parentage as a whole. I mean, I got to commend you for that right there. It's tough just being a student sometimes without yes. having any of that kind of responsibility. But, you know, it does have to be said, though, we do end up doing a lot in this industry as a whole, like coming out and recording two, one or two podcasts each week while also maintaining a radio show or two, or maybe you've got a bunch of video projects. It's not as much as what you ha end up having to do on a daily basis, but it can still get tiresome. And I guess that also translates a little bit to the field as a whole, because time in, time in, again, you just hear stories about how each week is crunch week. you got to make sure you meet your deadlines and everything. So with that being said... How do you find the time to make sure you're able to meet those deadlines and everything? I know it's got to be hard to get in here to get into the audio booth like this to even record your segments for your radio shows. Sure. And just quickly to piggyback on what you said. So I wouldn't say that it's it's uh, harder for non-traditional than a traditional student. It's just different and harder in a different way. Whereas in your right, I mean, so you're taking a bunch of practicums right now that require a lot of your time. And you're in here all the time. And then you've got to find time for your regular studies and other things. And so I would say on a busy level, it's about the same. The difference is I have a human being that I have to take care of in addition to myself. Um, and the way I make time for that is, um, you know, a little a little less sleep, I guess. And But I would say the traditional student probably does that as well, especially right now. You know, you have midterms. A uh, senior like yourself is getting prepared for your capstone uh, and getting those things ready. And so you're probably uh, operating on fumes as well. Uh, so again, the only difference I would say is I have a second human being that I have to care for and make sure I'm giving him time. And I do that. So it, it probably balances out as far as busyness. Yeah, I do have to agree with you on that front. I am running on fumes, coffee and low five beats. I'm just going to go ahead and <laughs> say that right now. Without those three things, 
I definitely wouldn't be able to come in and do what I do each week, if you know what I mean. And I know it's got to be especially hard for you. And I, like I said, I'm not trying to be disrespectful or anything. I'm not just, at all. I'm just trying to, you know, make light of the fact that you do have a child and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's important to be able to take care of someone while also trying to make sure that you're able to make the best of your life. That's right. And I also run on coffee as well. Yes. Lots of coffee. <laughs> coffee is definitely a mainstay of the mass com- communications industry. All jokes aside, though. What do you intend to do when you get your mass communications degree? I know you're trying to do something in the form of entertainment television next semester. Uh, Yes. So I'm very interested in taking that class with Professor Jackson. uh, And I'm loving all of the classes I'm taking so far, even the ones where I'm like, okay, I don't think I quite have this yet, you know. Uh, And once I'm finished, I may uh, go further and earn my master's. I haven't quite decided yet. But for the technical skills that I'm gaining now, I want to use those in classes I teach uh, personally. And so I teach kids um, basic acting classes. I teach a stand-up comedy class. And I'd like to incorporate some of the technology usage. Uh, But further than that, I don't know. I I was uh, speaking to someone the other day, and I was like, you know, I'd like to maybe finish out my master's, look at a PhD, and maybe come on as an adjunct professor or something like that in a couple years uh, and teach some of what I know because I do have a lot of life and real-world experience uh, in the performing arts industry. And so that's something I'm definitely uh, thinking about doing. Yeah, it does have to be said, though, that experience is extremely important in the mass communications field just because without the people without or without the people with experience, it becomes quite an ordeal to learn and get into the field. Over here, we have... Dr. Dale Van Camphart, DVC for those who go to Piedmont and everything, they they will tell you, all the students under DVC will tell you that he's got experience and the ability to teach the match. He will go into a room and just leave you kind of awestruck with the amount of knowledge that he actually contains within him. And he becomes a lot of people's favorite teacher just for the sole fact of all the things, all the different things that he actually knows and can teach you. He's had some odd years in the field and everything where he's had so many different types of interviews, so many blunders that, you know, he doesn't go into a, he doesn't go into a studio and just automatically blunder. He learn he makes mistakes just like everyone else does. And I was talking to Matthew about that earlier, about the fact that, you know, some people will make mistakes. I remember DVC had a story where I believe he had gone in to interview a presidential candidate. However, his recording device, I think, had broken. It was either DVC or Joe who has told us that story in Radio 1, I want to say. Uh, did he ever tell you that story? Yes. Uh, he actually was the first person on the tarmac, was able to get the president's car to pull over, and went in to interview him. And didn't have what he needed, or the equipment didn't work, or didn't something like that. But yes, that I've heard that story. And uh, just to piggyback on DBC, uh, you touched on his knowledge, and uh, I, I love being in his classes. And he does become a favorite of a lot of uh, students. I think it's the students that understand and appreciate his knowledge uh, because he had to learn the stuff we're learning before we had lots of buttons we could push that just do it for us. And he had to learn everything more intently, 
you know, he had to learn the back and front of everything. We're kind of getting the shorthand end of it. So we kind of had the easy end. And saying that, I still struggle a little bit. It's still challenging. So on top of that, that's how much he knows. And he also teaches a little more traditionally. And so as a non-traditional student, a little bit older than most of the students here, I actually really appreciate that as well. Uh, because I like that old school method. This is the expectation. Because if you're serious about something, you're going to rise to the level. You're not going to wait for somebody to dumb it down for you or to do it for you. And so that's something I really appreciate about his class as well. And he backs it up with knowledge. And he backs it up with, look, if you ask him for something, he's there for you. And he does it. And he has the same expectation of you. And so I, I really appreciate that about his teaching methods. Yeah, it's definitely extremely important to have someone like that to help you out. And it, it's definitely the traits of a radio show producer or a, a, a what's it called? A um, executive producer, executive producer. Yes, thank you. And it becomes a matter of you have to have a person with that much knowledge in a position of that much power because they need to be able to get on the scene, figure out what's going on and help fix anything that kind of rises up and everything and figure out, well, who may have caused the issue if any issue, any person had caused it. Because it, and at the end of the day, it's a, it's a business. You're trying to make sure everything goes well so you can make a profit. And without someone like DBC on the team, without someone experienced, learned, able to go in and assess, analyze a situation basically and correct the issue so is that kind of is that kind of the role you're trying to seek out while you're over here getting your mass communications degree or i know you said you were trying to do something with teaching mm -hmm. so i i'm not uh teaching in the traditional sense uh i teach acting classes and workshops to school-aged kids uh, and I typically do that over the summer or I go into a school as an after-school enrichment program. Uh, I've done a variety of those things. And I just like the idea of adding to that. Uh, in addition, uh, I always keep my mind open to other opportunities, you know, other um, even short-term things. I like to be on the go. Um, I kind of like to try out different things. And, you know, I'm up for travel. I'm up for teaching here. I'm up for switching gears and doing something in sales. I just like to get as much knowledge as I can in uh, various areas. Yeah, and one aspect of mass communications that not a lot of people think about in the industry as a whole is actually business and advertising. When the mass communications industry is itself a business built around advertisements. See, you've got radios that are on air and everything, and you're able to tune into them for free unless it's a... It's, unless it's a serious XM type deal where you have to pay for a receiver and everything, but most standard radio stations are available for free. So it makes you wonder, how do they stay afloat? Well, that's their advertising. They go out and sell ad blocks to different various companies. And it's not something a lot of people really think about, but advertising as a whole is the way that that's the way that the radio industry stays afloat. It's the way that newspaper stays afloat, especially in the digital era where they're moving to more online websites and everything. And they're starting to have advertisements on the sides, some pop-ups maybe. And even if a website doesn't have those, most of the time those types of websites are going to have a subscription service that you have to sign up for. 
it's definitely something very important to the industry, having ads and being business savvy when you're making various different types of decisions. That's right, because it it is a business and it does come down to money. And like uh, DBC says, the sales is the hub of the whole thing. You know, if you don't have those ads, you don't have um, the, you know, the commercials, you don't have that money coming in, uh, then you don't have anything. So, yeah, it definitely comes down to that in the end. And especially like I was saying with the newspaper industry as a whole, it's been seeing it's been seeing somewhat of a decline lately in the physical paper sales because not a lot of people are going to go out and buy a physical paper anymore. They're either world conscious and are trying to save the trees or they're trying to or they just want all their information online. I mean, you can go on Google and find out anything nowadays. So why do why do they need to go out and get a newspaper from the local newspaper stand or anything? That's true. And it, and me being a little bit, um, I guess, I don't, I don't want to say non-traditional, but uh, a little bit older, I actually like to hold a newspaper. I actually like an actual book and turn the pages. And I, I think I'll always like that. And so while I appreciate and, and love the social media to an extent, uh, I still like the books in the newspapers. And I wish more people would... I, I, Albeit, I do understand um, wanting to save the trees and, you know, those things. But I like to have something tangible. <laughs> oh, no, that's completely understandable. I, I actually enjoy tangible mediums myself. I mean, it's just part of who I am. I'm, I, I like to go out and read books, get books and everything. And I actually don't really like digital medium, like um, digital books or anything like that. Because it just feels less personal. I agree. But for ads, with so many people looking on their phones and looking on their computers, it is the perfect place to uh, advertise and to get, you know. Yeah, it honestly is. And one of the things I've been noticing on my phone, I don't know if it's been happening on yours, but I've actually been getting ads in the uh, HUD, the uh, well, not the HUD, but like the home menu screen. I've been getting ads that just kind of pop up periodically. And that's because, you know, it's a communications industry type deal. They're trying they sell you their phones for like thousands upon thousands of dollars now, but now they're just trying to double dip with ads on your phones just straight up. They don't even ask you to opt in or opt out for that. That's right. And uh I find it interesting that a lot of times it's catered to things that you're looking at and you're shopping for. And uh the thing that kind of bothers me about that is they're selling that information, and that's why all those ads are popping up. And so on one end, I'm like, oh, yeah, because that's business. The other end is I'm like, why aren't I making any money off of that? It's my information. <laughs> Where's my part of the check, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> but but I get it from a business standpoint. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a genius way to uh, bring in more traffic. Well, it is, and, you know, it all comes down to analytics in the long run. I mean, it's... It's another thing that the mass media industry just kind of runs on, analytics. Um, you have a radio station and everything that is going to analyze their target audience in a certain area and create a radio show based around that target audience in an effort to make sure everyone just has something that they can listen to. So, you know, analytics, it's very important, and it kind of plays into some effect with ads because they take your data They take what you're looking into and everything and relay it to different various companies, which then produce ads for you and everything in particular. And that's even showing up across social media accounts as well with 
the rise of social media, it's just become so prevalent that every mass communications department pretty much has a social media feed now. You can't even get into some um, of the larger companies without a social media presence because they're just that important. So with that being said, do you think social media is going to be somewhat of a bar for you when you go into when you go out into the world after your major and get a job or is it just so set in stone that you think you're going to need to either just adapt or not? I definitely think so so I have a two-part answer to that. I think in general, definitely, you've got to know your social media. You have to know how to use it. You have to know how to monetize it. I think that was a phrase you used earlier. You've got to know how to use your social media to make money and to make an influence or whatever it is you're trying to do. Uh, And it's important for companies. And they do check your social media accounts, not just to see what you're up to and determine if you are someone they want in their business, but also to see if you are internet savvy, if you're, you know, if you know how to sell. What type of followers do you have? You know, all of those different things. For me personally, I was fortunate enough to get into certain positions uh, without that. But by no means do I believe that you can get into things without it typically. Uh, I just happened to be good in one area and was able to hold my own in that area and didn't have to worry about it. But moving forward, as I learn new things, it's definitely going to have to become a part of my portfolio, if you will. And I'm just now learning um, those things. I just joined Instagram. Uh, I didn't want to, but (laughs) in Dr. Joe's class, we have to have, or not, no, Twitter for his class. And, uh, but, you know, it's the way of the world. And if you're going to be in this industry, you definitely need to have those skills. Yeah, and I know radio, um, the Radio 1 class also demands that you have a social media presence, and it's going to in the Radio 2 class as well, because you got to be able to advertise for your show and make sure people actually show up and everything. So that's definitely something to keep an eye out for. I know currently, I believe there's a group social media account that y'all currently use for Radio 1. Is that right? Uh, we're not using a group media account right now. Uh, well, yeah, we use GroupMe, but that not a social media account for the most part. We use something to message individually in our, our groups that we're in, uh, but we're not using one for our class right now. So y'all aren't using a social media presence to promote your shows currently? Uh, yes. So we are, uh, I, I'm sorry, we are using Instagram for that. Okay. Yes. Okay. And I know when you get to Radio 2, you're also going to be mandated to have your own or not your own, but your show is going to have to have one because, you know, most radio shows nowadays are moving into a social media type style realm where, you know, they take pictures of what goes on behind the, behind the scenes or maybe short videos just to ch- kind of get the word out there that you're there, you're trying to make a name for yourself and you want people to come listen to you for 50 minutes a week, maybe, or even if they're just driving on their way home. Yeah, definitely. If you're going to be a part of this industry, you have to be willing to adapt. You have to realize that things are constantly changing uh, and you can't get too comfortable. And and as long as you're comfortable being not comfortable, I think you'll be okay and keep your mind open because it's always changing. You know, here I am a non-traditional student. I'm having to learn uh, all these different things about social media and I'm open to do that. And I'm open to do anything that comes in. But if you don't have that open mind, you're not going to succeed in this business. Yeah, it's definitely a large, it's definitely a large piece of the puzzle just because you have to do so much 
for the mass communications industry as a whole, especially if you go into business with a multimedia company like uh, CNN or Fox. They have various different, you know, they have their website, which they post news on. They also have their, you know, their TV shows, news news broadcasts and everything. And I think they also have some slots on radio. I could be wrong. However, if you go into something like that, then it becomes an issue for branding as well. You have to make sure that your views sort of line up with the views of the company. And it's being, it's kind of getting hard to sign on with a company that's not biased in some form of way towards a political party. It's interesting that you bring that up because that is very true. And so two things, I was going to touch on one thing. So one thing with, if you go into CNN or another large company like that, the good thing is chances are you're only going to work in your one area, but you want to know all those other areas because you don't know where they're going to ask you to start or where they're going to ask you to go. And so Piedmont College is a great place because you're learning a little bit about all of it. Uh, and so you get a knack for it and then you just kind of hone those skills. Uh, on the other side, yes, it's almost impossible to get around bias uh, these days. You know, these are private companies. And so um, their ideas and their mantra, you definitely want to find a company that aligns with your ideas or you're open to changing your ideas. Yeah, and it definitely plays a huge play in it just because you want to make sure that, you know, you're kind of, you you want to make sure that you're chaining everything together. If you if you guess if you can see what I mean there, like you want to make sure the radio station is saying similar same things as the news broadcast on TV or what they're posting on their website. You want to make sure that everything just sort of plays together and creates this public image of the company as a whole. So that's probably going to wrap it up for the day. Um, do you have any tips that you want to give other people that you wish you had known when you first started working in the mass communications industry and as a student? Well, that's a really good question. So uh, my area of work has not been in mass communications per se, uh, but something that I would say as someone who's a little bit older to the younger ones coming in, uh, pay attention to what you're learning. And, and take the time, take the time to do the extra studying. It will pay off in the long run. Even get, get study groups together, you know, instead of meeting to um, hang out to talk about something, get together and study about something, get together and do what you typically might do in the practicum classes. How do you say practicum? Yeah, practicums. Sorry. <laughs> I just went blank. So uh, take the time and, 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 and do those steps. Get the hand on, hands-on work. You know, you, you have a lot of professors here that take extra time, whereas when I was a little bit younger, you didn't always get that extra time. There was no open-door policy, you know. So take advantage of those things and also realize that you do have to put the work in if you're going to succeed. Yes, that's definitely a sentiment shared with many of people over in, here in the Mass Communications Department and one that I definitely share as well. So that's going to do it for the day. I want to thank you for coming on today. And thank you for listening to the MassCom Troubleshooter this week. Make sure you tune in again next week for another episode here on Anchor and Spotify, Saturday, 2 p.m., right here on the MassCom Troubleshooter.